The uh, only thing that I can offer to you myself is to encourage you to remain faithful to the teachings of the Word of God. That you examine it, consider it, place it in perspective, compare it, and recognize that but our brother Paul, who had the power of the Holy Spirit to know what the truth was and wrote it, that we might have these words expressed to us, and that we might have an understanding. He says in the 8th chapter of Romans, which is probably a summation of the uh, 5th, 6th, and 7th, is for the law for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of what? Sin and death. You know, in the law of sin and death. We are presently in a, so to speak, in a struggle with, with the, the changed group. And uh, consequently, it seems like we're always defending what we believe. But speak it out as truth with all that in you is, so that it becomes a foundation on what you stand for and what the scriptures have to say. Let that be what comes out of your uh, mouth, out of your mind, and what you exhibit to others. Um, you, there was a brother, Jim Stanton, who wrote, uh, restarted the Sanctuary Keeper back in the 80s and wrote it for a number of years. And uh, a brother wrote some articles in it. And one of them I'm going to read to you today. I think they should be printed in the present Advocate publication. The uh, Christadelphian Advocate is our voice among the unamended brotherhood of what we believe, and that has to be maintained. And I think these articles should go in there. It's, it's a good time for them. This is called The Fall of Man. You know, what brought us to the condition we're in? We have, uh, well, Lydia's not here today, so the next oldest would be, and Jacob's not, Courtney, you're 10, 11, 12, 11. Okay, so we see people from 11 years old up to 
older people like uh, Sister Reba, you know, and Brother Tony and Brother Larry, Sister Sharon. They're all getting older. We, and Sister Candy, we can see that. We, we recognize that. We don't stay young and strong and healthy all our lives. But we begin to fade into this thing that has been brought upon us by who? By Adam. Adam and Eve. They transgressed. The word is they crossed over. And when they did, Paul says there was a law that took place. That there was a legal binding law. God gave that law to them in the Garden of Eden. In the day that you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt surely die. So they crossed over, and where are they? They're awaiting the resurrection. They're in the grave. As we begin our consideration of the fall of man, let us say at the outset that we are going to be developing very extensively the legal concept of condemnation as it has been decreed upon fallen man by our Heavenly Father through the exercise of His supreme power. This is a legal thing that He stated to them. He gave them a law. If you cross over, you're going to die. And not only did they die, but it's come upon the whole human race. We will also be developing the idea of a gracious offer being made to fallen man by Yahweh, whereby this condemnation may be removed through a valid acceptance by members of the human family who have an intelligent understanding of the terms of the offer which has been extended to them. So by the intelligence that we have, we consider what the Word has said to us, and we have an understanding, uh, understanding the, uh, the ability to look into things, the ability to look into things deeply, and to have a comprehension of what's being said. In our analysis, we will be introducing the legal concepts of an offer, an acceptance, whereby we are competent or have a mental capacity and understanding, understanding the process of adoption, uh, which means a closer relationship in the concept of probation. We are in the concept of probation right now. That's what we're going through. We have been adopted into the family of Israel by putting on the name of Christ in the waters of baptism, in the waters of baptism, among the definitions of the term condemned is to find 
or sentence the guilty. Among the definitions of the term condemn, man has been condemned in the Garden of Eden and brought sin, disease, and death upon all of mankind. I think we will find that both of these definitions are very fitting uh, to condemn or, or to sentence, uh, make a sentence upon. When we examine the biblical account of the fall of man, which gave rise to man being condemned by God because of disobedience of what? Divine law, a legal law that God imposed. What we often term the Edenic law was given to man by the Lord God in the following specifics. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Are not the terms of this divine decree very simple? It is to me. And I told you all in class this morning, you all are a lot smarter than I am. You have a lot more intelligence than me. But I can understand that God gave them a law. They broke that law. And so the legal aspect of that law came upon them. The same as the legal aspect of, uh, of life in Christ was given through the shed blood of him, his own son, who he sent to redeem. What does redeem mean? Redeem. Take back. Take back. Buy back. Buy back. You redeem something, you buy it back. Are not the terms of this divine decree very simple and right to the point? There are only two options given in the law. To die or not to die. They had a choice, didn't they? They had the ability to reason. They had a choice. We know from the Genesis record that man was not obedient to the commandment to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And this act of disobedience on the part of man has brought upon, has brought about a sentence of death upon all of the human family. Do you believe that? That the sentence of death is upon the whole human race? That's right, it sure is. As the Apostle Paul so clearly told us, Romans 5 and 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, in that all have sinned. And the scripture goes on and says in another place, We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. From this verse, it should be very clear to us that all of the human family has been unfortunately you could say, or adversely affected as a result of the one man, Adam, being disobedient to what? The law that God gave him. We can readily understand 
that the individual Adam who was created by Yahweh was certainly held accountable to the Edenic law and its terms what was the terms if you sin you what you die don't you the law of sin and death came upon Adam and Eve upon the whole earth and everything that came forth from anything thereafter Adam, animals, fish, birds the trees but we may ask the question why should the rest of the human family who had absolutely no personal involvement in this situation be so adversely or unfortunately affected by the transgression of the Edenic law why, why should we be affected by what Adam did well they were the first human pair God gave them a law and they crossed over so this law that he set in effect came upon the whole human race From a human standpoint, this appears to be a very logical question. And if we allow our fleshly reasoning to carry this question to what appears to be its logical conclusion from a human standpoint, we will find ourselves believing what? The lie of the serpent, which initiated the unfortunate sequence of events, which consummated or ended in the condemnation of the human family however let us rather approach this matter as we find it revealed to us in the Bible and also as we can observe the practical effects of this condemnation on the human family and thereby relate to it certain legal principles and ideas with which we are familiar we see this law this law has touched every family in here none has escaped this law has touched every family in here may not be your immediate yourself your husband and your children but it has affected uh, cousins nephews mothers fathers it's affected all of us when Adam transgressed and broke the terms of the Edenic law which uh, had power over him this law that God gave him was a legal law and it had power over him to accomplish that which God pleased the word that he sent it to do it would fulfill it all of his descendants were in the loins and in a legal sense they have all been constituted or made sinners what other conclusion can we draw especially in the light of the marginal note in our Bible relating to Romans 5:12, the marginal rending for the phrase for that all have sinned in the last part of this verse is as we found out in class this morning where did it come from thank you thank you the dialogue in whom all have sinned 
Who was the in? Adam, wasn't it? In whom all have sinned. We also find that this verse is rendered in the diaglot as follows. For this reason, as through one man sin entered into the world, in whom all sin, and through sin death, so death passed, of all, passed upon all men. When we say that all of Adam's descendants have been constituted or made sinners, we are not charging any moral guilt or responsibility for Adam's transgression to his descendants. We, we didn't sin, Adam's the one that sinned. But we came out of him so we have that condemnation upon us, that legal aspect that God pronounced that if he crossed over, he would die. He sinned and he died. And that was passed on to all of his posterity. Everything that came out of him. We are told that some had not sinned after the likeness of Adam's transgressions. That's in Romans 5.14. Yet from a practical standpoint, the result is the same, as we can see from the phrase, for if through the offense of one, many be dead, Romans 5.15. Adam became a sinner, while his descendants were made sinners. As a descendant of Adam, we are in no way responsible for or guilty of his transgression. But we certainly have been put in a position of being condemned through our relationship to Adam. And that's how it comes. We come out of him. Whatever he had, we have. This condition which unamended Christadelphians have described as, and you won't have the changed group ever saying this, a damning condemnation. And that's what rests upon us the condemnation of the legal law that God gave to Adam has come upon us all. We have a damning condemnation. A damning condemnation is alluded to very clearly in the following scripture. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men, came upon all men under justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. It's also in the fifth chapter of Romans. I think we would all agree that the basis of God's gracious offer of salvation to fallen man is his infinite love and wisdom. But in my judgment, we take nothing away from the majesty and compassion of Yahweh by recognizing legal principles associated with the plan of salvation. To those who might say that we are being overly formalistic in our approach to this subject, we would say that the recognition of these principles is very much in keeping with the sentiments expressed in many of the psalms 
concerning the knowledge of God's law and the reverential love and respect which should accompany such knowledge. One of them is, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. That's Psalms 119. It is all well and good to say that our Heavenly Father is a God of love and mercy, which he certainly is. But let us always remember that a certain mode of belief and behavior is incumbent or has a duty upon those who one day hope to partake of God's nature and is not and is not this hope of partaking of God's nature all the more wonderful to consider when we contrast it with the Adamic nature which we now possess because of the very condemnation of which we have been considering beloved now are we the sons of God and it not, does not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear Christ we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is when he comes with healing in his beams when he will change these vile bodies and fashion them like unto his glorious body this article came out in November of 1990 by our brother Robert Miller. Your dad wrote some good articles and uh, I think they should be printed in the Advocate as they are unchanged. This brother says, last Sunday we had a continued meeting on the document, NASA. Although there was no decision, we had some visitors from the amended in Detroit who sincerely believed the differences were not important as we were brothers and sisters and herein lies a problem can they be brothers and sisters if they have a different belief yet we tend to refer to them as brothers and sisters if that is so then we should refer to people from say the Baptist as brothers and sisters think about it I think it has become even more important for all to say what they feel with regard to the consideration of unions and a union is oneness isn't it a union is oneness uh, used to be in plumbing a union brought two pipes together this union brought them together they would go in both ends there was a thing in the middle that you would tighten up and they were they were as one many who saw the ambiguity or the uh, doubtfulness of the Nassau document were willing to hold back on comment in an effort to see if some miraculous wording might come forth. The simple fact is that it has not done so in several of the efforts to date. It appears if you don't publicly, listen to this, if you don't publicly disagree with the concepts of the current document, the NASA, then you are counted as being, what do you think? 
agree with it. In agreement, that's right. In favor of it, that's right. You're counted as being in favor because you don't say anything. We have to say something. If you don't publicly disagree with the concepts of the current document, then you are counted as being in favor of it. That's what happened in Belmont and we had to send a letter. That sad part is that regardless of the intent of the original effort, the push by some that we should now accept all or nothing has brought the hardened lines back into light. The non-specified doctrine which is read into the Nassau publication is due to the lack of answers to many of these issues brought forth by Brother Burns. Simply what do these individual terms mean? The push to acceptance, the push to acceptance of a weak document can only lead to a hardening of doctrine and lessen, lessen uh, as least any possibility some future of some future miraculous union. Perhaps that is a bad thing. Perhaps it is not such a bad thing if it strengthens the resolve where we stand of those who hold the truth to stand in their first estate. You know what you were taught from your youth. You know what the scripture says. Read it in the book. Brother Burns was correct in a number of, our, of other inherent differences that have grown out of the original division. In truth, all must be addressed if we are able to remain at one with Christ. He is quite right in that in most cases, the differences are sufficient that it is amazing that either would refer to the other as brother and sister. The differences are that great. I do know of a local minister in a somewhat evangelical church who when he comes to my office, office always asks for Brother Pat. <laughs> Even though I have told him several times that I look to those of the same faith to find my brothers and sisters as Christ did. Claiming a relationship with Christ establishes a oneness in belief and action. Perhaps we are too liberal with the phrase brother and sister or perhaps we put insufficient elaboration to what represents our true brother or sister. I certainly believe that all those who receive this should make it clear what they believe doctrinally. What is doctrine? Another word for doctrine? Any ideas? Anybody know what another word for doctrine is? Teaching. teaching. Thank you. Teaching. Another word for doctrine is teaching. Make it clear what we teach, what we believe, what the doctrine of the scriptures are. Any alliance should be based upon that one truth. Thus, we are not, we don't become unequally yoked together. But you're yea be yea. May God bless all those who hold the truth and abide therein.
Thank you for your time and and uh, I pray that you will listen to what the scripture says and abide by it that we uh, are of the same condemnation that God pronounced upon Adam and Eve we talked about it in class this morning though a child die from its youth it's uh, it's under the law of sin and death. Didn't commit any sin. But it's under that law. We're all under that law. And I don't know if you all received it or not, but here's an email from, I'm not going to read it, from the Republic Missouri Unamended Christadelphians. Did you get it? Well, Aunt Penny printed it out for me, and I'm so glad to have this. They made a statement. They made a statement. And I think it's time that you can read this. I think it's time that we made one too.